Hello, and welcome once again to Portroid Cast, episode 17. As always, this is Rick. On this edition of the podcast, I'll be bringing another report from Comic-Con, this time from the press room for the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia on FX. A few things you should know. Uh, first of all, the... Uh, uh, the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia returns to FX on September 15th, so make sure to look for that. And uh, second of all, I did join the uh, the press table, the round table, a little bit late, so I missed uh, the beginning of an, the interview with uh, Rob McElhaney, so you'll just catch a couple minutes of that. Uh, the interview then is followed with uh, Charlie Day comes to the table, and then uh, Danny DeVito, and then Glenn Howerton and Caitlin Olson come to the table together. So I'm just going to play those all in a row. And uh, also one other thing you should know is there was a, a guy at our table, I think he was from Fangoria, and he had um, a very old uh, tape recorder that he was using to record um, record the round table as well. And so you'll uh, hear a lot of commentary about that from the people, um, the cast of the show. So anyway, uh, enjoy Enjoy this uh, roundtable from Comic-Con of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. What shows have you worked on? What did you do before you did Sunny? As a writer? Yeah. Nothing. This is my first show. Really? Yeah. As a producer, nothing before that, too? No. I waited tables. (laughs) I waited tables for a really long time. So this is your very first time out and you've got a seven-year series. Yeah. Yeah, we've been, like, incredibly, incredibly lucky and certainly have a tremendous amount of perspective as far as that goes. What did they respond to when you pitched them? Because the show is very unconventional. Well, we didn't pitch them. We sh- I, I shot it first. So we went out and shot the first episode um, just on, like, you know, a crappy camera. And uh, and then that's what we showed. And we just cut it on a computer. And then I said, hey, this is what the show is. And did you cast your wife after you? After? Afterwards, yeah. After, <laughs> I didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we recast the actress who played it in the one that we did in, in the pilot. Okay. She didn't become my wife until the <laughs> I got really lucky. Wow, very nice. Yeah. And what did you give her the title? The title? Yeah. Where did we come up with the title? Originally it was called It's Always Sunny on TV. Uh, <laughs> just because we thought that was really interesting, that whenever you turn on a sitcom, it's always, it's always like really bright and sunny. And the tone of the show is the complete opposite. And then um, we wanted to make it more specific to a blue-collar town, so... We just decided, let's, let's name it the longest possible name in history of television. How did you book DeVito? How did you book DeVito? How did you land DeVito? Uh, we shot the first season, and he, he, he watched it. Unfortunately, nobody else did. And FX was like, look, we can't do the show anymore unless we can get more people to watch it. It's sort of like a basic economic model we have. And it goes like this. If nobody watches the show, we don't make any money. <laughs> so we were like, all right, we got that. And the only way to get somebody to watch the show is to have, oftentimes, to have a little bit more cachet. We called up DeVito. It turns out he watched it. And I went over to his house. I pitched him what I think what, what the character wound up being. He loved it. He signed on like that day. Wow. Crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Hey, man, thank you very much. Yes, very thank, you. thank you. Thanks, guys. Hi, 
tape recorder. All right. Um, okay, RCA RP 3503. <laughs> this is uh, Charlie Day speaking. Um, according to your spinning wheels here, you have approximately 30 seconds of tape. <laughs> No, you're all right. You're all right. Your count is uh, currently four eight four. All right, we're all lined up. <laughs> Tell us about doing the show. This is a really good year. Honestly, I think you know it's tough to compare this year versus that year, but um, and we never really know until we get in the editing room. You know, we wrote a big, crazy season. Almost so big that we had, from a budget reason, we had to scale back like one or two episodes, and uh, and we punted one that we wanted to do with the Jackass guys because it was going to be too expensive, and um, did a smaller episode, which turned out to be one of my favorite ones. Simple little story about Dee getting audited. Um, because you know she had a baby last year and then gave it away, and she's been claiming the baby as a dependent, uh, you know, uh, for tax breaks, and then of course that blows up in her face, and we wind up having a, a bit of a baby funeral to get her out of it. But um, uh, you know, um, it's a really, really funny year, and, and you know, we're starting to cut them all together. But uh, I really don't have a favorite this season. And really, back to back to back, it's great. I think. Maybe you'll hate it. Have you had favorites on other season? Yeah, you know, there's always ones that you, you're happy turned out better than others, and, you know, ones where you're a little disappointed, but it's funny, I have ones where I, I don't like them, and then I'll see it two or three years later and be like, why was it so hard on that? It's really funny. But it, there's always a disconnect between what you have in your mind and what you wind up with at the end of the day. And uh, if it's too drastic a difference, it's hard to digest it with fresh eyes. You don't know and digest anything with their eyes. <laughs> so you had a busy year with the movie and everything. Everybody's planning on doing more. Planning on what? Doing more movies. Yeah, you know, Guillermo del Toro asked me to be in his uh, monster movie, Pacific Rim, that he's doing. Really? The yeah. Lovecraft thing? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's the Lovecraft thing, but... Um, uh, and I, I went and I met him. He turned out to be a, a huge Sonny fan. He'd seen every episode of Sonny. <laughs> so I had nothing to do with like horrible bosses, and I had everything to do with Sonny, which is great. But um, so I'm going to do that. But uh, other than that, you know, that's all. Who's that coming up? First, start shooting that I think this winter. So it might come out. This yeah. This coming winter. This coming winter. We're, we're, we're going to start shooting. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I don't know how long it takes people to draw monsters. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, it could take years. Did you meet Guillermo here, or did he contact you before the con? Uh, he contacted me before the con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's too busy here. He's like king, king of the con. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Would you be a monster or a good guy in the movie? Um, I start out. I start out a good guy. It's a trilogy. I think I've become a bit of a bad guy in the second one, but um, uh, more of a scientist than a monster. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. And had you done any horror or sci-fi before before this one? No. So I'm excited for that. Wow, well, that'll be cool. Yeah. So what kind of uh, uh, It's such a funny year. Um, one, one episode that really jumps out to mind is uh, 
Frank uh, gets involved in what he thinks is a beauty pageant for grown women, and then um, and then the guy who he gets involved with gets in trouble for hitting on one of the contestants. But you find out that the contestants are little girls, and he realizes that he's got to put this pageant on to legitimize it. Otherwise, he's going to look like the guy who got pinched. So we help him put on this kid kitty pageant, which is really funny. It's big. Uh, Big numbers, song and dance numbers. It's really funny. Episode. What are you guys doing in the high school reunion episode? We got a great high school you reunion. We don't do flashbacks, but we do reveal some certain things about characters, uh, which is really funny. And um, and then you know, because of shows like Glee and, and High School Musical and and all this dancing in high schools, uh, our characters think that maybe a big dance is the best way to uh, you know really uh, make up for who they were in high school. So there's a big dance number at the end of it, which is really great. Yeah, it's a great two-part episode. It's really great. DeVito? Do you like working with DeVito? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. It seems obvious. But, he's, you know. Yeah, he's hilarious and he's game for anything we ask him to do. Uh, so, it's great. And yeah, there he is. <laughs> How much improv are you on the show? You know, we try and script it out really carefully so that we did it, that we don't have to improv. And we allow ourselves to discover things on the day. And, you know, if we discover something funnier, we don't hesitate to put it in the show. And if we don't, uh, we stick with the original script. What's the worst movie you no longer put on your resume that you were in? <laughs> um, boy, uh, probably... Well, I, I don't really type up resumes or anything, but like... Um, if there's one I can get rid of, it'd probably be a, the movie I do with Rob McElhenney called Campfire Stories. It's so... It's so bad, you can't, it's not even fun bad. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Really bad hormone. Like, not even fun bad. Just, just like, you can't... I'm actually, I don't think I'm so bad at it, but... Campfire <laughs> Stories, is that the one with the, the pregnant woman and all that? It's, believe me, it's not the one. I doubt you've ever seen it. Uh, but Rob McElhaney and I were in it. Um, Buster Poindexter, uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler. A strange group of young New York actors, and I think they shot it on like, Channel 8 news footage uh, for like $35. It's really bad. <laughs> Any other horror films around that period? No, that was the only one, yeah. Did you get killed? All, all the other... Uh, it's like, it's, it's so bad, it's even it's unclear if I die. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it lacks clarity and focus. It's a real mess. <laughs> yeah. It's a real mess. But you can rent it. It's I like, would love to. Like, yeah. You would not love to. <laughs> yeah. How long, how long did it take you to shoot? Right, we're Fangoria, so we just... Oh, all right. Um, I can't remember. We shot for like a week or something. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the shoot. I knew it was going to be terrible. It turned out to be terrible. It disappeared. It popped up in, like, Blockbuster five years after it came out. Uh, I think they were riding the soprano success of Jamie Lynn Sigler. Um, and, yeah, it's a real stinker. <laughs> well, Have any of the characters that started the show changed drastically from what you envisioned for them? All right. I mean, I didn't have, like, a seven-year master plan for the show. But it, the whole thing has changed. It, it's always changing. 
and yet we seem to be able to strike a similar tone every time you watch it. And I, you know, some of that is premeditated, and some of it is just the way things turn out. Have you all in disguise where you know so many shows are over publicized and over heights that you're sick of them by the third season and we really got to sort of operate in a bubble you know we were successful enough in the beginning to keep going but not so wide widely spread that uh you know that you really people tired of it before it's time so to really sort of start hitting our stride in the fifth sixth seventh year of the television series a fortunate thing is it enables you to go for a long time. You get more traction. Could you go longer than seven? Or yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're discussing right now, uh, you know, seasons eight and nine, and the network wants ten, but, um, you know. It, it really depends on if we can keep it fresh and, and uh, you know, all other opportunities and other things we want to do, but, um, uh, I mean, I love the show, and as long as we can keep making it the way we're making it, See why not? Last question, guys. What's that? Any new products up your sleeves, like the dick towel? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a there's a board game. That, there's an episode where you find out the gang has sort of a drinking slash board game that they play on rainy days called Charlie McDennis. They mash their names together. This is before Frank came into the gang. And it's a demented game. Probably kids should not play it at home, but I'm sure we'll sell a, a, a safe version of it. <laughs> Great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Temper pills. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go check it out. Jolly. Boys, can we get a two shot? Two shot. Two of us? Yeah. One, two. Oh, never mind. Oh, you turned it off. No, no, here goes. Oh, man. My temper pills. Blew it. Blew it. Goddamn blew it. Holy shit. Look at this. You're not sure you want to be here? Yeah, what the hell? In the zone. As a native Detroiter, how come you didn't shoot Hoffa's death in the Marcus Fred Fox parking lot? No, it was boring. That parking lot was boring. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 you know, people think he was killed in certain places, and nobody knows. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I figure, like, uh, the way we dealt with the end of Hoffa was like, uh, in a really beautiful, magical way. And uh, so, I mean, David Mamet wrote the script, and uh, and it was much more interesting out in the cornfield. It's a great movie. Isn't Thank it? you. Everyone in Thank Michigan you. wants to know uh, why Marcus got stiffed. We got that why I got <laughs> Architecturally, got stiffed. <laughs> Season seven is like really off the charts. I think we went, you know, it's, uh, I mean, we went a little farther than we ever went before. I think season seven is like uh, a little wild. I just got my hair cut because my hair was in season seven. It's like you're gonna love it in season seven. <laughs> uh, uh, but the idea is that uh, you know what's so much fun is that uh, basically we'll do anything. I, I 
I'll do almost anything that they say. You know, they do it. They, they come up with the ideas to take little avenues. And I usually just turn up the burners a little bit and make it a little bit more exciting. Because the whole idea for Frank is that he wants to relive. He wants to live. Not relive. He wants to live, you know? Really, you know, the past, the past, now is now. And boy, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. You walk around the corner and get hit by a bus. You better have a good time right now, baby. And have, have, have a lot of fun. As long as you're not hurting anybody. You know, you're just having a good time. And that's all Frank wants to do is, like, experience. And this year, there's quite a few good experiences. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, you get a hooker wife this season? Well, I mean, you know, the whore. <laughs> How she makes her money is her business. She's a whore. I know her as a really juicy whore. I mean, I'm talking about juicy. That whore is juicy. I like it better when she doesn't bathe for a couple of days. Thank you. I like the really... Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a guy who likes Lim, Limburger cheese. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. Okay. So you, it sounds like you were a fan of the show before you came involved with it. How, yeah, well, I've been doing it now for six years. Right. And the first season was the first season, and I didn't know what the hell it was. And uh, Landgraf, John Landgraf, me at Jersey Television, uh, and uh, uh, and he was the uh, one who took a chance on these guys. And uh, when we all saw the shows, the first few shows, I really loved them. I thought they were really a lot of fun. They, the energy and the, I didn't think of like being part of the show at that time. It wasn't until after that they called and said, you know, would you be interested? meeting them and, and, I, and I, I said absolutely you know and a lot of people say you know don't go back on television don't do this don't do that everybody tells you don't 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 you know, that's the way everything is in life you know wherever you go from the time you're a kid to the time you they put you in the box everybody's saying no nah, don't do that no nah, don't do that now watch out be careful you know, I have fun and it was at a time in my life Danny's life when you know I've done a lot of movies I've produced a lot of movies I've directed a lot of movies you know I've been on television already I loved it the taxi was great and if they uh, came up with a character that was organic and uh, you know it wasn't just a tagged on thing I said yeah I'd be interested and it turned out that they're really great writers and they're funny people and they're open for pretty much anything and uh, you know they go with the flow I mean Charlie and Dan and uh, Glenn and, and uh, Rob are, are uh, really truly guys who write from like you know this kind of uh, visceral uh, you know they don't, they don't hold back on stuff and they're good writers really good writers I've worked with the best writers in, in television and in the movies you're a great writer yourself you're the most of these really I, 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 work, I work with Michael Leeson on that and Jim Brooks I 
directed that, but and I, you know, I, I did contribute to it, like in a collaborative kind of thing. And I just tell you, I recognize, uh, you know, I think it's like I'm in with a great bunch right now, and I and I could do this show forever. Yeah. You, know. you mentioned producing. Yes. Did you know Pulp Fiction would have the reaction it did when you made it? I knew that I loved the screenplay when I read it. And I tried desperately to get it made at, at uh, TriStar, where I had my deal. But they wouldn't do it. And the reason they wouldn't do it was because they thought it was too violent. I read the movie and thought it was a comedy. Wow. And I said, well, it's, you know, it's violent, but it's a comedy. And uh, they wouldn't do it. And uh, so I brought it to Harvey. And Harvey has been sending me flowers ever since. Because he made all the money on the movie, basically. But uh, Stacy Sher and Michael Schamberg were with me as partners in that. Stacy knew Quentin. She introduced me to Quentin. I met Quentin and I said, I know I can't have Reservoir Dogs because it's already being done. I want your next movie. I don't care what it is. And that was Pulp Fiction. I was intuitive about him and I was very fortunate that it turned out that he has the goods. And uh, to this day, would you, do you wish you directed it? Or would you? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that was him all the way. No, that was not. No, it wasn't even a question that I was going to direct it. See, that was the whole idea of my deal. My deal at Sony and, and, Tri, and TriStar was not a vanity deal. People make vanity deals all the time where they do everything they do is going to be about them. That's they call a vanity deal. It's like you're going to be in the movies, you're going to direct the movies, you're going to. That wasn't my. I wanted to work with other filmmakers. That's my. Like, uh, you know, I worked with. Like, Steven Soderbergh wasn't doing anything when I hired him for. Uh, for uh, out of sight. I reached out for him. He was like, he had done a couple of movies, but I thought he was really terrific. You know? And actually, Brian De Palma uh, recommended him. And I hadn't seen uh, uh, Kafka and uh, whatever. You know, I saw Sex Lies and Video, but, but that was years ago. And I said, yeah, man, this guy's good. So that's the kind of deal I had. Wow, well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, you know, and I do take credit for everything I've ever done. I'm Glenn Howerton. What antics? What antics? Well, there's a lot of singing and dancing, I've noticed. I don't know how, I didn't realize that when I was reading the scripts, but now looking back, my favorite episodes, I'm like, well, we sing and dance in this one, and then we do a little singing and dancing in this one. I know, it's weird. Maybe just two, but still, that's a lot. That's a lot. Two to be singing and dancing. Yeah, there's a kid's beauty pageant. Um, 
an episode that I'm particularly proud of. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a high school reunion episode. We get to bring back some of the old favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your yeah. favorite episodes, Glenn? What antics did you enjoy? <laughs> uh, I enjoyed going to the Jersey Shore. Yes, the Jersey Shore episode. That's right. I, I always love... Uh, Episodes, storylines where Dee and Dennis are uh, together, like on the same page, because yeah. it's just so rare. Um, but yeah, we actually we actually like, have some brother sister stuff. Yeah, like like brother sister love going on. Yeah, really nice. Um, I, I I always hesitate a little bit to talk about the Jersey Shore episode yeah, it's though, because so crazy. it makes people think that we're doing an episode about that has nothing to do with no, not the show, show the, the Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. No, we like, just actually go down on a vacation to the shore, which happens to be in Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> to a shore. It's yeah. just to be yeah, yeah, just so we're so we're clear. Yeah, just so we're clear. <laughs> Although there's a little element of that in it. There is a little. We couldn't. We couldn't, couldn't do nothing. Resist, you know? We couldn't do nothing. What are we supposed to not address it? But I'm. I'm glad. I'm. I'm very happy with the way we address it. Me <laughs> too. It's not. What, it is not, not what anybody would expect, and that's that's what we pride ourselves most on. It's a What's the one movie you never list on your resume? The one what? The one, the one movie you did that's never listed in your resume. Oh God. I, don't, um, I won't tell you. I won't tell you. I don't use a resume. I, yeah, I was gonna say. Thank God. You know, I just I just went to an audition the other day, and I get you know I get like a breakdown from your agent, and my agent has a new assistant, and I think it's just standard at the bottom of the email when they tell you your appointment and where you're going, what time, to bring a headshot and resume, and not to wear black or white because those colors don't look good on camera. <laughs> I read that and I was like. <laughs> Are you telling me to bring a headshot and resume? I don't even, I don't know when the last time I saw my own headshot. <laughs> and by the way, I look fantastic in black on camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I was up in arms. My headshot is, my headshot is really fucking old. Yeah, I was going to say. It's <laughs> fucking old. Do you have that 80s show hair? I know, I literally got that headshot done right after that 80s show, right after I cut my hair. Yeah, I. So that was in 2002. I have not had need for a resume or a headshot in quite some time. These guys, nice? these guys don't care. Yeah. Uh-huh. These guys don't want to see. I tried to show them pictures of myself, and they refused to look at them. But you never did a little bunch of horror film? Or... Sure, we did. But we're not telling you what they are. No, I, I, I never did. No. No. I what? Did, I. I, I did a little, uh, oh, I don't remember the name of it. No, it was a little thing I did in college. And boy, is it bad. Yeah, boy, is it bad. I don't even remember the name of it, to be honest with you. I was so excited because it's like, I'm being cast in a movie. <laughs> not really. Not not really. I wouldn't call it. That's what a lot of people yeah. thought. And then, it has some, like, what's that? Everybody except the lead guitar player. The other three. What was he doing? I don't know why you're laughing. Really. <laughs> That's not funny. That's They're, tragic. They, they did it. Yeah, they did it. He's not lying. He's not. I'm not lying. Um, I don't know. 
I, I always forget. I, I forget too. I'm you know, Artemis is back, and, Mary, and Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth is back for a couple, and um, uh, certainly a lot of the a lot of the regulars. But yeah. on the show this year. Yes, that's uh, right. And he plays Danny DeVito, Danny's brother, Frank's brother. Frank's brother. Um, we're doing we're doing an episode. Actually, that episode is going to be pretty epic. It's it's almost like a, like a Scorsese style flashback to the '60s, '60s and '70s style episode. Yeah, and and uh, that's going to be pretty epic. John Polito hey plays his brother, and Lance Reddick is in the episode as well. Nice from uh, from Fringe and The Wire as well. Right. I cannot right. remember the name of it. I really I'm can't. Going to IMDb on this one. It <laughs> might be there. I'm Thank you. Thank you. Well, those were the roundtable interviews from the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia at Comic-Con International, and uh, I hope you really enjoyed that. I know I had a fun time at the table, and look forward to the show when it returns, September 15th on FX. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, fun, fun things were revealed during, during our interviews, so I'm glad I'm able to present that to you. And uh, until next time, this is Rick saying goodbye forever.